fish on. Hey, Radcast is on. Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. From the Porter's 10Cast Studio, here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Hello, Radio Land. Welcome to another episode of Radcast Outdoors. Today we have a super special guest. We have a celebrity in the house, a state record fish holder. I want to introduce him. He is Patrick Edwards. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't have any state records, you know, under my belt, so... What, what, uh, well, let's talk about a little bit. What, what, when did you get your state record? It was this past March when the whole pandemic started. You just said, forget it. I'm going fishing. Now, were you going out specifically that day saying, I'm going to go catch state record fish or were you just going fishing? I was just taking my kids fishing to be, to be perfectly honest. Now it had crossed my mind that with the species that I was targeting, that I could potentially catch a state record in the spot that I was going to. Um, but did I have in my mind, that's what I'm going to do today? No. So did you, you know, with that in mind, did you, you didn't set your, your fishing pole up any different than normal, right? But you're using good knots, premium equipment, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I always go fishing with good equipment. You you don't want to go out there with a reel that sucks and you don't want to go out there with line that's going to break. And so, um, the, the main goal that day was to have my kids catch some fish. And I got to blame Jim Zumbo a little bit for this. Um, the reason that I went and was targeting white sucker, which is what I got the record for, was to try pickled white sucker recipe that Jim had. And he was telling me how good it was. So I was like, well, we'll go catch some. Because I knew where some were in the springtime, and that's the best time to catch them anyway. They taste the best. They're they're just a lot hardier in the, in the springtime. Plus... It was pre-spawn, so they're full of eggs, and they're pretty good size. So I was like, yeah, we'll we'll go out and do it. And, you know, with COVID and everything, I was getting a little stir-crazy anyway. You know, who likes sitting at home on the couch? Not me. I'm an outdoorsman. I don't like sitting inside, just like you. You know, we both want to no. get outside. So it was driving me nuts. That's been probably the worst thing about starting a business is the, um, you know, yeah, I get to quote-unquote be my own boss, but I'll tell you right now, my employee is really lazy and my boss rides me really hard. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like we, we are built to go outside. We're built to go out and hunt and gather fish. Vitamin D is an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Vitamin D is good. And you know, it was one of those things where the kids were going crazy too. I mean, all the kids activities had basically gone away, you know, so wrestling stopped, swimming stopped. You know, piano was on hold for a little bit. So it was kind of one of those deals of, okay, well, get in the truck. We're going to go fishing and we'll see what happens. So that's where it started. So, you know, you you went out fishing. Yep. Right. You're taking the kids. You're specifically targeting suckers because we're blaming Jim Zumbo again. Yep, it's his fault. Okay. Jim, it's <laughs> your fault. And and you're you're all set up. You're out there. You're fishing for the day. Did you catch a lot of fish or did you just catch the one fish? It was a slow day, and part of it was we went when it would be comfortable for the kids. So it was during the middle of the day, so it wasn't ideal. Um, so you're not getting them up at 4 a.m. to get out right. there to get that morning bite. You're not yeah. keeping them out there till right now, 9.30 at night. Right. So it was it was one of those things go in the latest part of the afternoon because here in Wyoming, that's the warmest part of the day. So we went then, and I knew, you know, as it got darker that the fishing would be a little bit better, um, but – 
I actually caught that fish kind of more, it was like two or three in the afternoon. So we've talked about this before and you've just hinted to it that, you know, when you're, when you take the kids, you've kind of got to check those expectations and you've got to gauge their reaction and their involvement. You know, it might be a half hour fishing trip, might be four hours, but you can just see it in their eyes. You can see it by their demeanor that, Hey, you know what? I'm done. This was fun. Let's go home. Yeah. And the funny part is that we went to this spot and there were other people there. So I was like, okay, we'll go try somewhere else. And there were a few other spots that are okay. So we went and we checked them and it just wasn't ideal for the type of fishing that I had us rigged up for, which is a pickle rig. So you're, you're fishing flowing water. We were fishing a river and you basically have a weight and two hooks kind of spaced out on your line with piece of night crawler on each one. And you throw it out there and you let it sit and you just wait. And so I hate that kind of fishing. I'll just be the but first to tell you. it's great for the kids it's because great for they the kids. can set their rod and they but, can run up and down oh, the bank and throw rocks. I, w- I would throw musky baits all day long because I love just cast, retrieve, cast, retrieve. Because you're always thinking about something. It's like, okay, I'm going to cast that spot and I'm going to retrieve back. I'm going to cast that spot and I'm going to switch up my retrieve, whatever. 70% of my Oof. fly fishing is wet fly fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, it's fine. It's great. It's, it's what catches fish. But if I can get in the right spot with top water, I'd rather oh, do yeah. top water and watch fish come out of the water and grab your fly. It's just, yeah, there's no so, comparison. So unfortunately, I'm not going to tell you the story about this awesome top water explosion that yeah, happened we'll, on we'll, the bait. We'll, you we'll know. save it for later. <laughs> but um, it was it was just one of those days. It was gorgeous weather, which usually when it's gorgeous weather, I don't catch as many fish. It's usually when the you know weather really sucks. That's when we really do well. But you know the sun was high in the sky and... It was late afternoon and um, put a cast out there kind of on the seam of the river. We've talked about that before. And I uh, was just sitting there waiting and um, I actually was holding on to my rod because I was like, I got to do something. I at least should be holding it. <laughs> and the kids were playing, doing their thing. And one of my daughters, she had just caught like a 17 or 18 inch sucker. So we got started anyway. And she was really excited. And I felt something grab grab the line. And so I just kind of waited for just a second and I felt him take it and set the hook. And I knew it was a good fish. I mean, it was, you know, over five pounds. So I knew it was a decent fish. I had six pound mono on. So, you know, it was fighting me pretty good. And so I start reeling it in and I see it's a sucker. So I'm happy because that means we've got two of them that we can try this recipe with. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, that's a pretty nice sized fish. And some people think I'm weird. Uh, you know, well, you think I'm weird anyway, but some people think I I'm know, weird. No, no, I know you're weird. <laughs> because I keep a list in my fishing pack of the state records. And so as soon as I got that fish up on the shore, I told my oldest daughter, I said, I think this is a state record. And she goes, state record, really? And she got real excited, you know, her eyes lit up. I said, yeah, I think so. Because I, I can usually look at a fish in the water and I almost almost always within a half inch to an inch of the length. I just kind of have that dialed in. And I knew the state record was 21 inches. And I was like, I think this one's at 21 or 22 inches. So I take it up on the, up on the bank and measure it. And it's 22 inches long. And I was like, Oh boy, this might actually be a state record. So anyway, so I'm pretty excited. The kids are excited and they want to go home and they want to check it and this and that. So I, I threw it in the cooler um, so I was going to ask cold. you, you know, you, you've now, 
looked at this fish, you're like, man, sure. this is potential. You've looked at your list, which is in your fishing pouch, which don't ask me why. <laughs> but anyways. Um, you I'll know, tell what, you the story why. Okay. So in 2016, I caught a largemouth bass that was big. You know, for Wyoming. Those of you in the south are going to be like, yeah, that's not a big fish. But for for up here, it was 21 inches long, and it was 20 and a half inches girth which I knew at the time was really close to a state record, but I didn't have, I didn't have the list with me. I didn't have anything to reference. I just knew it was a big largemouth bass for Wyoming. So normally when I catch a fish like that, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to throw it back. Well, because I thought, well, it might be a state record. I went ahead and kept it and ended up being, what was it? Like six ounces short, something like that. I caught it in the fall. If I caught it in the spring, it would have probably been there. So you know, I felt bad for killing that fish. I'll, I'll just say that. Like, I really would have liked to have released it, you Cause, know. Because next spring you could have caught it and exactly. smashed the state Yeah, record. exactly. I so, but, you know, it is what it is. No big deal. I went ahead and got it skin mounted. Um, it's the only skin mount fish that I have. I typically just get pictures. I don't don't worry about the mounts as much. I'll, I'll be honest with you when we're on that topic. I've looked at the replicas and looked at the skin mounts. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the skin mount fish. My dad had a... He had a cutthroat out of Flaming Gorge when I was a kid, that, and it was a big cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, we, we'll talk to him about it someday. But growing up, it was hanging on the wall on a plaque. And, I mean, I remember looking at it. It's pretty nice fish. But the fins all dehydrated and curled up. Sure. And, you know, so those replicas that get painted exactly like, it, they just, they look tw- good. 20 years later, they look really good. Yeah, they do. Take a picture, measure it. Send it back. Put a fiberglass one on the wall. So that's the backstory of why does Patrick have a list in his backpack? Well, that's that's the reason because I've I've caught some really nice fish and I don't I don't typically want to kill that fish. I want it to go back and grow and somebody else can catch it. So what uh what do I do when I've caught something I think is a potential state world, you know, any kind of record? Yeah. The best idea, um, and I, <laughs> you know, I didn't do it perfectly, but. If you have a cooler, you know, if you if you just go with a stringer and you throw it in the back of your truck, the fish gonna is going to start losing weight right away. So what I did was I kept it on a stringer in the water until we were ready to leave, and I had a cooler with some ice, and I dipped it in, got some water, put over the fish, you know, so it would stay cold and hydrated. Um, so we went to my house and it was too late to go get it weighed. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. But, um, one of the things that you've definitely got to do is keep it in ice water bath. If you don't keep it in ice water bath until you get it weighed, you're going to lose weight on that fish. Some in pe- the freezer, it's going to dehydrate. Yeah. You lose. don't, don't throw it in the freezer. Whatever you do, don't throw it in the freezer keep it in an ice water bath. There have been studies, University of Minnesota, different places. You can go look them up. They said if you want to maintain the weight of your fish, you catch a record, potential record fish, keep it in a ice water bath. And they will actually, because you know as well as I do, when you catch a fish, it's going to excrete slime and it's going to start, you know, fluids start coming out. Les Anderson's, uh, you know, state record king salmon in Alaska he uh, went around town for like yeah. four hours that morning. That fish probably weighed another pound or two. Yep, and it lost that weight because he was. Yeah, he still got. About. He still got the record today, <laughs> and that's from eighty something. I think he'll have it forever. Yeah, probably. But 
that's one of the keys. Keep it in the ice water bath. Don't throw it in the fridge in a baggie. Don't throw it in, you know, a freezer. freezer. That's like the worst. Don't thing leave it in the do. back of the truck. Do you, yeah, definitely don't do that. Ice so, water bath. And so now we got to get to the measure. And I, I have no idea how this takes place. I didn't even know people exist that <laughs> measure state record fish. So, so this is this is where it got really tricky. So for the state of Wyoming, you have to do a few different things. So first thing, you have to go to their website. You have to print off a state record fish application. So you got to print that off. So I went ahead and did that. The second thing that you have to do is you have to find somewhere that has a certified scale. That does not mean a bathroom scale. That does not mean, you know, the a scale you can pick up. Yeah, you have to go to a post office or a grocery store. So I was thinking, okay, I'll try the grocery stores. Well, grocery stores I learned really fast because on, on the Game and Fish site, they say you can use a grocery store. They don't want you in there no, with they your don't. fish on the so, scale. I wonder why, yeah. Patrick. So it's like, so I call Walmart and they're like, absolutely not. And Smith's was like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but the post office, when I first called, they were like, I don't know, you know, kind of him hot around. So I, I, I took my daughter and I was like, we're just going to go down there and we're going to ask and hopefully they'll help us out. So we show up at the post office and I show up with the cooler and I'm telling you the gal at the counter, she's looking at me like, what in the heck is in that cooler? And so she looks at me and she's like, how can I help you? I said, well, I think I have a state record fish here and there is nobody else, especially with the COVID thing. It just started. Everybody's freaking out. It's like, uh, I need to get it weighed. But and you could, you could put it in a bucket, tear the bucket, throw the fish in and not right, slime their scale. Right. Okay. And so she was like, yeah, I guess, you know, so we went in the back and we did something similar to that they had like some rags that, you know, we could put over the scale and the certified scale, it has like a, it has an insignia like sticker thing on it that says when it was last, you know, checked for accuracy and when it was last set up and blah, blah, blah. So it's a digital scale. Like you said, you tear it out and, you know, we had some claws down, tear it out, put the fish on there took a picture of the fish on the scale because I normally you would have a fish biologist that would meet you there. Well, with COVID and the lander office being closed, that didn't happen. Yeah. So I had the postal worker as my witness, you know, to check out the fish and do all that. So we got, you pictures. got a fed, federal government employee as your witness. That's You're right. Good. Yeah. So we got a picture, got the weight. Then the next step is you have to submit that application with the witnesses, with your signature, with, dimensions of the fish so you have to get a girth measurement you have to get a length measurement and you have to get a weight so those are the three things that you have to record so we got all those got all those witnessed um, sent in the state record application then it goes to your local fishery biologist so joe up in lander he checked out the application the pictures all that stuff he approved it signed off on it then it goes to the state and so by the time Everything happened. It took, gosh, a month and a half to get all that approved and through. But my state record fish ended up being an inch longer and a full pound heavier than the previous state record. So I'll tell you what, time of year, again, like with that bass that I caught, time of year makes a difference because my state record was pre-spawn. And I think the previous state record was post-spawn because it was in like late April. So time of year definitely makes a difference. So if you go out and you catch a huge fall walleye, I hate to tell you, you're probably not going to break the state record because 
they're not pre-spawned. But if you catch that same fish in March, you're probably going to, you know, if you have the right dimensions, you're probably going to be at a state record because they're well, I, I a think lot it, heavier. I think of bears, right? You, you mm-hmm. get a nice big boar in the spring and we've got a few, you know, that that's going to be a huge bear come fall because they they lose a third of their body weight over the winter sleeping in a, a rock cave, right? Right. Now fish, conversely, they build up these egg sacs over the winter time, and that adds a lot of weight for those. I have a video, and I'll have to get it up on her page, but I had some of these suckers that I was flaying out to do this recipe with, and you should see the size of the skeins of eggs. I mean, they are huge, absolutely enormous bags of eggs for these things. And, uh, I mean, that there was easily a pound of weight there or at least close to a pound i mean it was crazy the amount of weight just from the eggs well you know as a steelhead fisherman growing up you know eggs are eggs are important and buying them at the store is expensive Mm -hmm. and after transitioning to alaska it makes me sick every time i'm on the river filleting fish right because we're getting sockeye and throwing those eggs back and i take a lot we got we got a lot of good fresh bait you know for king salmon Mm -hmm. fishing and whatnot but there's a, there's a cutoff, and for me, it's about five or six gallon bags of eggs that I don't need any more bait. No. And it's hard. It's hard. As a hoarder, it's hard to throw <laughs> eggs back in the river, right? That's that's bait. No. Mm-hmm. That's not food. You caviar people, I'm sorry. I've tried it. That's not food. That's bait. Quit eating my bait. Yeah, I'm not a fan of eggs, personally, but <laughs> some people love them. So, yeah, that's you know, fine. More power to them. But, yeah, the, the whole process of catching a state record was was interesting. I'll just say that. If you if you think that you've got a state record, I will tell you the biggest piece of advice I would give you is get it in that ice bath. Try to get it weighed as soon as possible. You don't want to wait around and, you know, potentially have the loss of an ounce or two cuz that can make the difference. But but maybe first have the list in your backpack so you don't even be hauling <laughs> a fish around. If you it's wanna, not a state record. Yeah, if you want to be a nerd like me, you can put that in there. <laughs> At least it'll give you an idea if you're close. So if somebody wants to, you know, go out and specifically start targeting state records, I mean, mm-hmm. so you, you you're saying get the list and figure out what the record is. Yep. Right? And you start can look talking at the to body people. of water that they were caught in. Okay. That helps. So research is important. There are fish that I have tried to catch state records for, and it's it's really hard. <laughs> I, I would think brown trout would be brown trout would be very difficult. Um, the that, places they grow big are at the base of dams, right? That's probably you know some some of them. Yeah, uh, Flaming Gorge has the state record, and I, from what I know, it was caught in in the reservoir itself in a very specific place by a guy who was really good at targeting them. Uh, I think his last name is Johnson, but he, uh, he knew how to catch that him. river, you know, a couple times, the, the lower green where it comes out. And mm-hmm. man, I've caught some nice fish, fly fishing, float, drift, drift boat, and that fish in that river, but it's so clear and it's so cold. That, that's a cool, that's a neat river. If you haven't done that one, you, you probably ought to take some time to go fish that one. Yep. And as far as Wyoming goes, Flaming Gorge holds a lot of records and Boyson holds a lot of records. Those two places have a number of records to their name. So like Boyson specifically, that's where the walleye state record is. Is that a record I'd love to hold? Absolutely. Is there a good chance of me catching that? No, because it is a huge fish over 17 pounds. So could I do it? Yeah. Um, do I think I ever will? Probably not. But 
So if if you were specifically going to go out and target, you know, you need to know what the uh, what the record is. Yep. You need to do your research of, and then you know, is it just time on the water and baits and trial and error? It's time on the water. It's knowing where the fish are that time of year, um, knowing what the best time of year is to actually go for a state record. The Wyoming state record for walleye was caught in the winter time. So if a guy were to go in March and catch one right before they spawn in Boyson, you you have a good shot at doing it because they'd be even heavier at that point. But you're talking a 33, 34 inch long walleye. And I've broken 30 a few times on walleye on inches and that's a big fish. There aren't very many of them. So catching the walleye state record, I would say there's probably two places in this state that that I would focus on and that's Boyson Reservoir and Seminole Reservoir. They have the largest walleyes that I've ever seen. Glendo has a lot, but the thing about Glendo is you get a ton of pressure. Uh, half of Colorado fish is Glendo. And then Keyhole has some decent ones, but there's also they're competing with pike and a number of other things. So, yeah, there might be one up there, but it's just less likely. Um, Boyson also has a state record for Sauger. It has the state record for crappie. It has a state record for perch. So there are a lot of big fish in Boyson. So if, if you're in Wyoming, Boyson makes sense. Just like if you were to go to Flaming Gorge, they've got the state record catfish, state record smallmouth, state record lake trout, state record brown trout. That makes sense. You know, so doing your homework and knowing where to go is important. Also knowing what you should be throwing. Like for sucker, it made sense to throw a pickle rig. It's got two hooks. It's got worms. That's what they like to eat. They're right on the bottom. It's the perfect setup for suckers. That's not going to be the perfect setup for walleye. It's not going to be. Which is not going to be the perfect setup right. for rainbows, which is not going to be. Exactly. So people, you know, if they're like, man, I want to go catch a state record. Well, you got to do your homework. You got to see where those fish are. You got to see, you know, see about getting the right setup, the right time of year, um, those things all make a difference. And if you don't do that, you're not going to catch them probably. So now that you have a state record sucker, are you going to try and beat your own state record? So I haven't told this story very much, but I'll spill the beans on here. So funny story was two days later, I went back down there and I caught another one. <laughs> and I didn't think about you know measuring it at the time. I knew it was a nice one, but I I just didn't cross my mind and I got it home and started processing it for, to make more pickled sucker. And it was 22 and a half inches long. <laughs> I should have just <laughs> submitted another one right you after. Beat that one right <laughs> after the day. Okay. So I think there's a good chance that I could beat it again. Um, but there are some other species I want to target as well, but you know, in March, that's not a bad species to go after. You know, if you, I don't like have it off the top fish. of my head. Do you know what the uh, state record Alaskan halibut is? My gosh, I have no idea. I'm sure I it's, think it's massive. 404. It's a big fish. I saw a picture of it. I think it was, where did I see a picture of it? It was probably in Homer. It was in Homer, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is a... That would make your arms a little tired. I just want to break the the one hundred, right? I've got <laughs> I've got one in the eighties, which was, man, the the difference between those twenty and thirty pound. And I'm sorry to add insult to injury. I'm just I still got Alaska on the brain. Yeah, me too. But you know, you, you catch the thirties and forties, and they fight a little bit. You know, it's a forty pound fish, right? Mm -hmm. But with those rigs and rods, and I mean, if you haven't seen a halibut rod, it's about like a broomstick, guys. 
I mean, literally, pretty much, it's fishing with a broomstick, and you just you got a, a winch on there. It's not a reel; it's a winch, and you just <laughs> winch them up, right? But every once in a while, I'll hook one that you, you get them about a third of the way up, and they just zip, 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 and go right back down to the bottom, and then you know you got a pretty dang good fish because those drags are. And then if uh, if you start seeing those halibut rods doubled over, you know you got a real good fish. Yep. And if you have ever fished lake trout, they like to do that where you get them up a ways and then they just shoot straight say, back yep. down to the bottom. Up, go to the bottom. And the ones that can do that, they're big. They're big. So, you know, on that same note, if you want to catch bigger halibut in Alaska, you know, bigger bait. Yep. Bigger and hooks. And that's, that's the case with a lot of fish that are more predatory in nature. Um, it's kind of funny. I have caught walleye that are like literally 10 inches long on a six inch crankbait and looking for the big ones. So, I mean, it does happen <laughs> when you yeah. catch the little ones, but you know, I've also caught, you know, the, the 31 inch walleye on that same, same bait. So a lot of times it's, it's using something a little bit more upsized, um, yep. especially on the predatory fish. If you're going for pike, musky walleye typically if you upsize your your presentation you're going to cancel out some of those smaller fish they're not going to want to go after it but some of those big and ones move your, well. your like your presentation to a little bit faster speed to where those smaller fish can't keep up with it right but like i was thinking just halibut we'll take and get the smallest sockeye salmon heads that we you know not the big 11 12 pounders we'll go catch some of those russian fish that are you know more yeah. in the four or five four or five yeah but those because a because a big sockeye head, even the biggest. I mean, unless you're looking for 400 pounders, eight. But we'll put a little bit of that on, and those halibut kind of like a little bit stinkier bait. You know, fresh bait is always okay, but they're 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 smelling their food. Mm-hmm. They're not sight fishing. So well, and like with these suckers, I wasn't doing anything grand, but I'll tell you the thing that seemed to work the best was like half a crawler on each hook. Because you don't want a huge glob of worms for suckers because they have a tiny mouth. So um, I was just putting on small, probably like a two-inch piece. And just enough to cover the hook, you want to make sure. So if any of you are going to go out there and target suckers, make sure you cover that hook because they'll feel it with their mouth. And you don't want them feeling that hook. So you want to keep that hook buried into that crawler. So that they grab the crawler and they start to swim away with it. And when they start to swim away with it, that's when you set the hook. And then another piece of advice, don't horse them. If you pull really hard on them, it will tear out their mouth. Because their mouth is really soft. It's it's a little sucker mouth. If you pull too hard, you're going to tear it right out of their mouth. I uh, was fishing a small stream in Oregon. And we caught a smallie. And it was a pretty dang good, you know, it was a, it was a hen smallie. And she was sitting on her nest. We went back the next weekend, and she was just uphill of an uprooted log that was pointed downhill, right? And, I mean, little shallow bench, and I, I dropped that jig right there and hooked that smallie. But we went the next weekend, and I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm hitting that spot again, right? Like you're we talking about walleye hitting the spot. Mm-hmm. I, I casted right there, caught a fish. <laughs> it had a hook mark in the other side of its mouth. It was the same hen sitting on the yep. same nest. She was just, and we let her go again. So we named her my pet <laughs> Henrietta, my pet fish. <laughs> go check on her every weekend. You can do that with bass. You can do that with tiger muskies and pike because they like to stay in the same haunts. And, you know, I, I know people that have used like three different baits to catch the same tiger muskie. I mean, you can do it. 
Well, I'm telling you, if you put a piece of bacon hanging from the ceiling in the living room with a hook it's on it, catch you. I won't walk and catch it. <laughs> but I might might be smart enough the next weekend if there's another piece of bacon hanging from the ceiling on a hook, I might try and pull it off before just biting it. You're giving me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it it was fun. Like catching a state record is cool. Um, well, it, congratulations! Yeah. I'm glad we've got a state record holder in the house. Yeah, it's one of those things where, when you're a kid, you always look at the list and think, "Man, it'd be really cool to be on that list someday." Now, did I want to be under the white sucker? Not really, but so how was the, the pickled the day, sucker? Meat? You know, it's 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 all right. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but I'll tell you, my son thinks it's amazing. Like he'll sit there and just eat it up. He thinks it's great. I. It's okay. It's not my favorite thing, but it's not bad. Perfect. Now you can save smoked salmon for you and feed him pickled sucker. <laughs> yeah, no. Tell, <laughs> tell me about it. So I got to tell you guys about this, and this will be uh, just a little recipe anecdote here. But I took my daughters out with a buddy from church, and we went and caught a bunch of big, big rainbow trout. Brought them home, smoked them up. You can go look up that recipe for the smoked fish on RadcastOutdoors.com. RadcastOutdoors.com, everybody. Yep. And... So we caught a bunch of those, smoked them up, and then I found this. It's kind of like a base recipe for a trout dip, you know, smoked trout dip. So basically all you need is like a, a block of uh, cream cheese, a tub of sour cream. So you're not going to lose weight on this, but um, it is really tasty. But you take those and you mix them together really good. So you kind of need to warm up the, the cream cheese, make it a little bit more soft but you want to mix it with that sour cream and then you put in some garlic some dill um some paprika some salt some pepper some onion powder cut up some onion yeah so what i used was chives because we have chives growing in the front yard so threw some chives in there and then took that Smoke trout making a, a, a big old smoke cheese ball, right? Pretty much. Smoke well, fish cheese ball. Not quite that consistency though. Okay. So it's a little more runny. Like a dip. Yep. Yep. So you throw in the smoked fish and let it sit for a day. Oh man. I, I made this huge tub for an event that we went to and it was Gone. it looked like someone licked it clean. I mean it was it's ridiculous. Good. It's so good. So if you guys have smoked fish or if you go catch some and use the recipe and do that. I mean, it is, oh, so good. It's better than pickled fish. Definitely brine that fish in some high mountain seasoning. Yep. Follow the instructions. It's easy. And then as far as mixing it with the, the cream cheese and the ingredients, you know, that's that's to your, and, and I do it to taste, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Put it in, you're like, oh, it needs a little more salt or it needs a little more onion. or. Yeah. For me, I like to throw in red pepper flakes because I like it spicy. Not everybody else likes it like that, but. For me, that was the best way to do it. And some of the people at the event, they were like, man, it could have used more spice. And some were saying it was a little too spicy. So you, like you said, you almost need do to, do, to taste. Do, do two, right? Yeah. Make, make it mild on this side. Make the huge bowl. Side. Yep. Cut it in half, put it in two bowls, and put the pepper flakes yep. in one. Yep. But I'll tell you what, with those red pepper flakes, mm. it's pretty darn good. Is it lunchtime yet? I wish, because I'm kind of hungry. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. Definitely try that if you if you get a chance. Try that recipe because it's really really good. And go feed the the kids the pickled sucker. That yeah. recipe should be on radcastoutdoors.com as well. Yep, I will get it out there. It's like I said, it's not my favorite thing, but it is good. It is good. 
And I think I'm going to try mixing it with some of that cream cheese, sour cream deal, kind of do that with the pickled fish. I think it might be really good that way. So I'm, I'll, I'll eat, you know, Pollock, Alaskan cod. Mm-hmm. I'll eat it. I'd much rather have halibut. I'm not going to oh, say Pollock's yeah. not good. I mean, it's anybody okay. that's ever had fish and chip, it's fine. Yeah. It's just not halibut. And it's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's bait. It is bait. Yeah, there's a reason they use it for crab pots and other stuff. So <laughs> it's bait. You're eating bait again. Fish eggs and the pollock. Give me the give me the halibut and the, the salmon. You keep the pollock and the fish eggs. Yeah. Oh, there is one other thing I want to highlight on here. So we talked about state record, but Wyoming has a cool program and it's a master angler program. So if you have kids... What is the Master Angler program? So basically what it is, you catch fish uh, at a certain length for different species. White sucker's not on the list, so you're not going to get a Master Angler for that. But they do have all the game fish species. So like your um, grayling, brook trout, brown trout, walleye, all those are on there. And they, they have listed what are the minimum lengths that you need to have to qualify for a master angler. And so I encourage you, especially if you have kids, get them out there, get them a master angler. It gets them really excited. My daughter, Leah, she caught a master angler crappie and so a master angler So merit rainbow. badges for fishing? It's Different species. You get kind of like a merit badge. It's a, You get a sticker decal in the mail, and you get a letter from the Game and Fish recognizing your master angler catch. If you catch five species, you get a new designation and it's called trophy angler. And then if you catch 10 species, then you get an ultimate angler thing and they send you a prize pack and you get all this cool stuff. So definitely, I mean, if you're going to go fishing, go for it. Right. Yeah. Anybody. And, and the cool thing is you get to go try new species, learn how to catch something new, go to new places like this year. After you get one figured out this year, I went and caught, you know, grayling. I mean, that's, that's something I had never targeted before. So it's, it's kind of fun because then you get to go out and try new things. So I would encourage any family out there, go check that out. It's on the Game and Fish's website. So go try it. Why not? It's a lot of fun. So well, that's uh, I think that's a wrap for Patrick yeah. Edwards and the uh, state record holder for white sucker yep so go to ragcastoutdoors.com check it out and again if you want to help the show like share subscribe and review that's that's what helps us out yeah rated on social we're on facebook instagram and definitely wherever you're listening this to share it out like it subscribe and rate it please yes please all right you guys have a good one everybody this is scott fuller last year i produced a podcast project on the amy robechtel disappearance called frozen truth i interviewed some people involved in the case and investigated amy's disappearance on location right here in fremont county now i'm teaming up with county10.com to bring you a new podcast project it's called dead and gone in wyoming every month we'll be telling the story of a murder or mystery in the wild west history of this remarkable state and we can't wait to bring you dead and gone in wyoming Hi, hello and welcome to the indian relay a podcast from the wind river indian reservation our people have stories we have stories to tell about our culture our land and our history we have conversations to share about our families schools youth and events we have wisdom from our elders 
which you should hear. We laugh, we struggle, and we celebrate. We live on a wind river and we want to relay ourselves to you. Every episode of this show will be a little different as we bring together different hosts, elders, storytellers, personalities, language experts, youth, and more to laugh, learn, and share. This is the Indian Relay Podcast.